The Sample Axis, administered by Boyga Nelson. Yeah, you're listening to the Sample Axis podcast. <laughs> Yo, it's been a while, man. It's been a while. I'm taking a long break. Long, yeah. long, long break. Yeah. But we're back. We're back like we never left. Most most podcasts took the Christmas and New Year breaks. Yeah, we added a couple of yeah. weeks to ours. We, we went too long. I don't know why. It was yeah. Most, mostly on Nelson. But we're walking underneath. But no, 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 no. It was no, mostly no. on Nelson. Uh, okay. Yeah, technically. Right. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple of like, I have a couple well, of stuff well, going on right now. hopefully it doesn't happen again because it wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, like, it wasn't I mean, supposed to. Yeah. Uh, but, but we're grateful we're back we're grateful that we are able to do this we're able we're, we're grateful I, I think the break kind of showed me that um you know this is valuable yep this is valuable and this this means something not just to the consumers not just to the listener for me that disconnect for i'm sure for you too you, we have been disconnected from that culture that routine yeah that weekly you know yeah. every every week every week you have to like you're you finding know, new music yeah or looking you're learning for about new. one old song so so it yeah. was quite, it was quite refreshing when we started doing research for yeah, this one yeah and like, yo, 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 i mean back to, back to start i was researching today and i was just catching up on you know there's this nostalgia and good feeling you get when you find out new yeah or a new song new old stuff i like to call it that now because you know most of the things we're working on are things that have been done. It's not like things that have not been done yet. It's not like things that maybe still in the works. There are things that have been out there, yeah. but our hands have not touched yeah, yet. We, we barely remember that. Or we barely even think about music like this. And then you realize, you're like, oh, wow, look at this. Here we go this again. is actually really cool. And then, you know, I think it was episode 23 that birthed this episode. 23 or 26, I can't remember. But it was the episode that we had um, this lady, uh, Miriam Makeba. That was the episode I actually birthed this particular episode. So, you're welcome to Sample Access Podcast, episode 50. The big 50. The, Go I mean, whatever, whatever Jubilee it is, but we're taking me. I'm taking this opportunity. I don't know about Goyega. I'm saying my own stuff right now. I'm taking this opportunity to really appreciate myself. So you think I, I don't appreciate? Okay, okay, appreciate yourself. Let's go, let's go. go keep going. Appreciate myself. Keep going. Keep appreciate uh, Guega for turning up all the time, even with all my wahala. You understand? I still coming around to you know, so that we can get this stuff done. And I also appreciate everyone has been listening to us. Basically, you that take out your time to listen to we talk for an hour. I know it's. I know people say yeah, it's valuable stuff. But yo, you're just two regular guys that are just talking yeah, music, yeah. and you have to listen and be like. Okay, these guys are probably talking some real stuff. Like, and they probably yeah, have something to offer. I vibe with it, I vibe with it. They probably have something to offer. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Thank you so much for doing that. And we don't, we're not stopping. So don't think that break, that break was just a break that we kind of like needed it. Yeah. But we're back now. And we're back with a bang because, yo, we're dropping 50. 50. I remember when this started two years ago during COVID. Yo, it's two years August, already. Yeah, it's almost two years now. A year, August 2020. Yeah, like five months. Wow. Yeah, we started um, August 2020. I think it was on the 13th that we had our first That's recording That's interesting. Session. Yeah, so, I mean, we're here now. Yo, it is what it is. I'll never forget the song, Or Don't See Round Town. We still, we still we don't still know. Have, see, that's it's so crazy. I think this should be put somewhere. That was where the ginger came People from. People should know that the song that even made us to start this. We have not figured it out yet. I, I, I'm going to tell that story briefly again. Blast from the Past is a show hosted by Nelson and another friend of ours, Jude Nobime, uh, Jude the Smooth Operator. They host that show and I was listening one of those days and they played a song that I know or don't see 
song or don't song with the video divine yeah took from so i i could connect immediately and i just felt you know, there's so many songs that sample old songs how about we do like a podcast about that because podcast is about you know vlog vlogging and keeping records so let's do that and it's it's been exciting since then so that particular song uh, i'm sure when we're ready to dig we'll dig and find it but yeah. that's how this started august 2020 and now we're here it looks like it's valuable again sometimes i'm doubtful but a lot of the times i see that people the numbers go up yeah. people check it out people listen yeah and people have texted or tweeted once or twice about it I saying mean, that they like the references we make they like how yeah. we connect old to new generation new and, all that. and and that's exciting you so know one of the things i actually find very interesting about all of this is the fact that i when, when we started this i i was my idea was i was making something for the archives yeah. right something that i didn't expect i didn't expect that, okay people would listen straight away i expect it to be something that people can always fall back to when you, need, when you need some information yeah, some or information about something because you know you also said something about that time that we've we're forgotten about a lot of people yeah uh, yeah and uh, and then you you then see because I, I don't i don't ex- i'm not very expressive when it comes to the podcast i'm sure he has noticed that but then a couple of times when we when you send stuff to me like somebody random that we don't even know from anywhere yeah says stuff like i mean this is somebody that we've never even met in our lives yeah and says stuff like yo these guys are doing magic and whatever it is they are doing big ups to them mm. makes me feel really good like it makes me feel like yeah this is i'm doing something yeah yeah i mean something is popping i'm sure a lot of podcasters are like this because yeah, yeah. it's a new culture it feels very really, it feels really good where you 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 grow up i mean you have five people who listen 10 people yeah. it goes to 25 it goes to 100 and you're like ah really <laughs> yeah right it's like, on it's it on like good. it's on like established media when on day one of broadcasting you're talking to the entire city and the entire city is listening. So, so that's like different. Fans, even if you don't, even it's if different from listen. people who come from zero to one to ten to twenty-five to one t- one thousand to one million. Hopefully, yeah, this has been good, and let's get to today's business without much ado, without further ado. Uh random name calling. Sting is in a building. Mary J. Blige is in the building. Spice Girls. <laughs> what do you have on your table? Yo, I have Michael Jackson. I have Louis Armstrong. I have Celine Dion. I have Whitney Houston. I have Sade. I have Justin Timberlake. I know you're wondering what the heck is happening. So we are talking about the biggest of the biggest, the most important, the most impactful, the most special of musicians to ever grace the surface of the earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're talking about <coughs> 50 special songs of all time, according 50. to Buiga and nelson yeah and so this is it, our list right yeah. i just like to put that out there this is one, one of the things i like to do so that people don't come at me you know there are there are loads of special songs in fact we have loads of special songs that we are not putting in this list right yeah, we can't make everything because we can't put everybody in the list but we are just you know in our own way we're saying this this is like our top 50 now that might change tomorrow but at this particular moment this is our top 50 yeah songs that we feel like are special in different ways and we would explain because that's why we're doing this right yeah so we're going top 50 in no particular order uh, how we're going to do this you guys are going to just yeah i think buy. one more time before we start we should do a background so at one point episode 26 or 28 i can't remember yeah. uh we were talking about uh um, um, uh, something special yeah. and we said 
when it, when we get to episode 50 which we are grateful to god that the world has not ended yeah and we're alive to reach episode 50 that's 50 weeks 50 weeks of you know 50 episodes of of the podcast that's a big deal so we're here we said we are going to be here that's a that's a typical yoruba prayer yeah and that's your jokwe we said we are going to be here and, and we now here. we are here how we got here was that when we get to episode 50 we'll talk about 50 special songs i think we were talking about Michael, maybe michael jackson yeah of, we talked about i remember it was michael jackson speechless I remember it was Michael Jackson's speech. Yeah, that we, were talking we just about. said. So it, it was. It, it was the show was around Miriam Makeba. Yeah, and they were talking about Adam Salim. Adam Salim. Okay. And okay. Adam yeah. Yeah. Salim. Adam Salim. Adam Salim. And Yinkaifele. And Yinkaifele. So there was a whole lot going on around the, you know, the the sample of the made, yeah the samples and all and, and how how someone in Tanzania or Kenya yeah. in 1946 could so have written could a have song written a song and the song would be rewritten in like 1960s and then by it would make Mekeba sense and then it makes sense all, all the, the way, way down. down to 1999 when and um, up to you know, date the AFL made Bless Assurance started the album but the the the, the tune is my lifetime uh, yeah. yeah so that from tune Malaika. came from so because yeah. of that session we thought there are really special songwriters there's so many special songs let's let's pick our best 50 let's let's move let's move let's do this and talk about them so are you going to start i think you should start you have more songs <laughs> yeah yeah right all right so um I, I i want to do this on random so i'm not going to i've written a couple of things down that i want to talk about but i'm just going to just pick randomly so that and then i'll tick everybody i've picked so i don't want to start from the usual first try one. not to flip the pages too obviously i mean you know i'm flipping very favorite page uh, right. i mean to avoid noise yeah oh okay all right so i'm going to start with something very uh peculiar now i'm starting with Nigeria by the way song. you have two minutes for every song yeah that's not problem. less than two minutes that's not a problem so yeah i'm starting with a song that i love so much um this is the reason why i'm starting with a song like this is because of recently i had uh, to do a lot of reading about this woman and I realize how much she's she has been so important to us in the culture. I'm talking about somebody from Nigeria, Onyeka Owenu. Yeah. Now you already know the song I'm talking about when I say Onyeka Owenu. That's a Nigerian bias. Why start with Nigeria? I just feel like yo, I mean, yo, that's what I feel like. What you talking about? <laughs> yo, that's what I feel like. Let's I just, go. I'm just going like that. So I'm starting with Onyeka Owenu, and the reason I'm starting with Onyeka Owenu is I recently started digging up on her. By the way, it was her birthday. Yeah, two days about ago. two days ago. Yeah, Big Mama is seventy now, as uh, we like to say in Nigeria. As of today, she's seventy plus. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. So, and she's she's one of the most you know elegant stallion TV. I think I think that's a, that's the name they call herself. Yeah, elegant stallion, elegant stallion. She's an amazing person. She speaks wonderfully well. She does the best of the best interviews. I don't know if you have seen her interviews before. Yeah, yeah. She's amazing. She started with NTA. And Speaking of interviews, she granted... I'm sure I've said this before. She granted an yeah. interview to Kaderia Ahmed of Radio Now Lagos. Oh, yeah. I think I saw that. And that that interview moved me to tears because she was crying in the interview. They were talking about Nigeria. And she, mm. she got to a point where mm. she couldn't hold back. And she was crying. And I could understand her pain. So, if you care about Nigeria, or if you give two hoots, or if you give two fingers about Nigeria, check out that interview. You know, we can go back and forth about who is to blame, but just, at the end of the day, we love this country, right? Yeah, we do. I mean, I love Nigeria too. Let's fact. not digress too much. Oyinka Owenu. Yeah, Oyinka Owenu, that's one of the reasons why I'm starting with her, because she's like an amazing person. 
amazing um, actress, amazing artist. Now, people don't know that she's an actress, but she has done a couple. In fact, she was in Half of a Yellow Sun. And, um, you know, she has been in a couple of other movies as well, Nigerian home videos. And she's really good. She's great all in all. And then to think about the fact that in 1986, she released a song on the Apollo Records, Ayolo Records, in fact, that has gone on to be one of the best songs of all time in the Nigerian music catalog. And when I say this, I say this with all the surety in my heart. She's that good. The song, obviously, we all know that that's amazing, an amazing song. Now, she didn't write the song. It was written by Jean Paul Mawik. You're talking about One Love? Yes. Wow. She didn't write it. Apparently, the album was supposed to be put together by Yolo Records for her. So, they got a couple of writers. I'm sure she wrote other songs, like of that album was that the same dancing in the sun yeah i think it was the yoga go time as well i love those songs yoga go is to me yoga go is more of a classic than one one love but i feel like are you for real yeah yeah, 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 because of the cultural lessons exactly yeah yeah, yeah. because i I, you know yoga has like you feel yeah yeah it it hits i don't understand ego but i love that yeah you know i love it is and it's the it's the it's the progression till you get to the ego go. Yeah. Cause she is like it's like she's messing with you, like she's teasing you. Yeah. And then she starts, Iyo go go. You understand? So I, I can't explain this, yeah. but you get what I'm saying. So wrap yeah, up on that. Uh, Jean Paul Moik uh, wrote that song and he also produced it. Um the other producer on that album was um Joe Dino Richards. Obviously, these are white guys that came around to do great stuff. The name of the album was also One Love, and um the genre that people like to call it in is world music. And I understand why it is world music because mm-hmm. it, like, it appeals to everybody. Like, this is the a redemption song for Bob Marley. That's amazing. Don't say no more. I had Bob Marley in mind. Redemption song 1980. <laughs> so, this is perfect. The 12th album of Bob Marley and the Wailers had this song as the last track on the album, Uprising. And, you know, Redemption Song is considered one of Bob Marley's greatest songs for obvious reasons, right? And he was talking about, you know, picking... He, he picked excerpts from Marcus Garvey's iconic speech talking yeah. about black movement. Emancipate yourself from mental slavery. None but ourselves uh, can free our minds. And that song would go on forever as one of the biggest songs or one of the most impactful songs when it comes to global movements, especially for black communities across the world. Uh, it was produced by Chris Blackwell, written by Bob Marley, uh, under Island Records yeah. and Tough Gong. 1980, the Rolling Stone tagged it as number 66 amongst the 500 greatest songs of all time. So mm. it's iconic. Mm, uh, you yeah. know, we had that debate w- about Michael Jackson and Bob Marley about who would who would count or yeah. who, who would pass but as I think that's going to change. the goat, I think the actual goat. Yeah, you know, recently, when I started this research, which is one of the reasons why I love doing what we do on this podcast, Yeah. before I would have said something like, ah, Michael Jackson might be nowhere near Bob Marley in terms of longevity and how much he has done in terms of his music and how far his music has gone. And then I started doing research and I, I saw a lot of things that Michael Jackson represents even to date. Yeah. I mean, what he has done 40 years ago you understand? Like, people don't know how much off-the-wall album that is not even his best. Mm. I mean, that album only sold 6 million records. And that album is still one of the biggest albums of all time in terms of how great it is. Yeah. And, how, and the reason why I'm talking about this right now is because the person that we're talking about right now yeah. is Michael Joseph Jackson. Now, 
it was very hard for me to come up with a song that I would put as the, you know, biggest song for Michael Jackson because there are a couple of songs. There's Rock With You, there's You Are Not Alone, and there's, you know, a couple of songs of the Invisible album. There's Blood On The Dance Floor, which is my mom's greatest uh, Michael Jackson song for certain reasons I do not understand. And of course, there's Thriller. And there's, there's Billie Jean. Mm. But the one that actually makes the list... Which is like sort of like a movie, yeah, right? Is it only cliche? But you know what? It is what it is. Michael Jackson's speechless. Now Michael Jackson's speechless was released again. in two thousand and one out of the Invincible album. That's, that's that's recent for a classic song. Yeah, it is. But that's what I'm saying. The effect of the song, the hmm. impact of the song. Speechless was so good. The executives felt something when they heard the song the first time. Hmm. Now, people if, people that are familiar with the music industry know that the executives in the music industry they act like blocks are like they are like humanoids. Oh, humanoids okay. without you know feelings and blocks. Eh? Blokes? No. Blocks. Like okay. blocks. Like you can't send they don't feel anything. Yeah, so like they're just robots, there. technically. So that's why I said humanoids. Yeah. You understand? So they're like humanoids. So but and they're Epic Records. So Epic Records is under Sony, which is the record label Michael Jackson was with until his time of death. And um, they heard that song. Now, at this point, people were already thinking Michael Jackson was done. So, this world, that's one of the things that makes the song so special. They thought it was, they thought it was, oh, yeah, Michael Jackson has, I mean, the man has been active for, as of 2000, he was already active for about almost 40 years. Yeah. Because he had been active since 1966. Wow. So, almost 40 years in. So, we are like saying, they were already thinking, you don't really have, you don't need to prove anything What's anymore. left? You don't understand? You don't, just do the shows. Be like the Blue Magics or the OJs. Just go around, do tours. That's fine. And NGOs. And NGOs. You understand? Just be that guy that just is just there. But then Michael Jackson was telling them, music is me. I mean, it wasn't even up to 50 at the time. Sure, you should understand the idea. He was already over 30 years in the industry. And then he releases... You no, know, he wrote the song. Now, he wrote the song Speechless in 12 minutes. And then he produced it himself. Now, Michael Jackson rarely does that. But he did with this particular song. Produced himself. Sang himself. And the executives, when they heard this song for the first time, they said this was a, this was a song that was going to have to come off the album. And they pushed it so well. And nowadays, even till this particular day, about 21 years since till the song has been released, or since the song has been released, if you play Speechless anyway, yeah. it causes a stare. In fact, they were so scared that they didn't want him to perform it anywhere. There's a lot to say about Speechless, but... Michael Jackson, the genre is new soul, uh, gospel, an amazing song. 19, 2001. 2001. Solid. Is the only songwriter? Yeah, obviously. Wow. What's the loan? That's impressive. Let's go to my list. I have to go to 1966. James Brown, uh, it's a man's, man's, man's world. Really? Yeah, it's a man's world I by James, James Brown. Brown. Too. 1966. Uh, let's just mix then. So this song was recorded at Talent Master Studios, New York City. It's um, yeah, it was out in 1966. The album at the time. The album it's a man's man's world. Oh, it's a man's man's world. Released in 1966. So it's a long time ago, and there was uh, you know it, it went all the way. I think the first time I heard the song was maybe five years ago, ten years ago. Really? Yeah, it has to be less than ten years ago. Okay. There's a radio show that that's popular around here. You know, they just play classic music and I and I got to learn and it hit me immediately. I mean, when a song from nineteen sixty six 
gets into 2006, that's 50 or 40 years. Yeah. 40 years and then, and what am I saying? 2016, yeah. 50 years. 50 years. And it still connects to you. And you can feel the iconic feeling. So it's, the, it's, the, it's the importance to the pop culture. Now, you think about it, James Brown, uh, is it, it was a phenomenal. Yeah. In terms of the fact that you know how good this man was. A performer. He was a performer. I mean, sometimes you just, you drag out videos from the archives yeah. and you see yeah. James Brown performer and you're like, wow. Was he like the biggest rock star at some yeah, point? Yeah, he was. At 66, some point? Yeah, he was everywhere. He was in Wembley. Anything that Came happened to Africa. was big. He was everywhere. Yeah. I mean, even you have James Brown, he felt like... Who is the figure today? Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce right now. Beyonce, Beyonce is the one that would... That would I, think, I used to like to put Bruno Mars in terms of that, but Bruno uh, Mars is not as Beyonce big is or the biggest figure when it comes to entertainment yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. I like to... Like, I think of... When I think of performances, I think Bruno Mars. But when I think of influence and how but big Beyonce she, has performance too. Yeah, yeah, but like I like... I like I'm talking about me. We're talking about James Brown. Yeah. Who fits that picture today? That's Beyonce. Okay, Beyonce, yeah. So I've seen documentaries about Nigeria where James Brown would come down here and have a solid show. I yeah. mean, Fela referred to that about people being James Brown wannabes, right? Yeah. And the fact that, uh, you know, before Michael Jackson became Michael Jackson, James was, Brown was there. I mean, there even people like guy. Michael Jackson said... James Brown was yeah. the guy. You so this song, It's a Man's Man's World, uh, talks about, you know, how things are such that men go to work, men are the ones that in- innovate, they, they get to decide what happens. Yeah, and even though it's, it's controversial, but at the end of the day, he says, it will be nothing. With nothing. A woman, without a woman. Uh, so essentially, uh, apparently the song was written by Betty Jane Newsom, who was his girlfriend at the time and there was later a court case where betty went to court to say that she didn't get full royalties at some point for the song Mm. so that became a thing but long long and short the song was written by betty okay james girlfriend but when i learned that i got to realize that again this could have been a lie but i'm going to run with it anyway The, the 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 song praises men as the pioneers and as the creators but it was written by a woman which tells that that's the way the world worked but she she did say something about it to be nothing without a woman yeah yeah yeah. so there's some kind of balance right yeah so where does this song rank generally in in the line of songs that talk about it's it's said to be the 123rd greatest song of all time oh yeah so so it's, it's for real it's that big yeah so yeah, it makes our top fifty because of the impact, the impact on the pop culture. What other songs by James Brown are there popular? Um, uh, what's the name of the song that was used for the Mortal Guinness advert? Um, I feel good. Shout out to Mobad. Get up, uh, get up on the my own no, number one song. Is Papa's got a brand new bag? Okay. I don't know whether I've heard it before. Nah. Oh, it's I'm a mad I song. I feel that's one of the songs where James Brown literally went crazy. Because it's like, and when I'm talking about James Brown, I mean JB. JB. I'm just trying to say that so that people. That's don't. like Justin Bieber. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, moving on. Uh, we just we just did um James Brown, so I feel like it's it just makes much more sense for us to talk about Marvin Gaye. Now Marvin Gaye. One of the biggest musicians that ever that has ever lived. Agba. 
and I have to tell you why because people don't understand how big of a person um Marvin Gaye he's is. He's not bigger than Michael Jackson. He's not bigger than Michael Jackson, but he's Marvin not bigger Gaye. Than James Brown. Yeah, That's but right. like you know, people need to understand that he was everything. He was awesome, great, amazing. You understand? He had seven albums out before 1980, and he has been grinding it so so much from the early days, from 16, 17. I remember like they used to talk about the story of the fact that he had a thing with Tammy Terrell that they did the song Ain't No Mountain High Enough, a beautiful song when he was still with Motown Records. And when she died of, I think, brain cancer, something that had to do with the brain, he went in a, like, a spiral down and he became more edgy because there are like two there are two versions of Marvin Gaye. There's Marvin Gaye, Marvin Gaye, suit up guy, and there's Marvin Gaye, the edgy guy. Now, Marvin Gaye, the edgy guy, is the guy we know that did Let's Get It On, the sexual songs. And it's so... And it's so uh, it's so crazy that when you look at this album, this um song, Sexual Healing is the song I'm talking about. Everybody knows how big that song is because, come on, I don't think there's anybody here that does their father or mother, so do, they don't know Sexual Healing. I knew about Sexual Healing before I knew about Sexual Healing. I don't, I don't know how to explain that, but that's what it is. It was so big that everybody knew the song. It was released in 1983. The song was the best male vocal and best R&B song in the Grammys in 1984. The same year he died, and um, the album was Midnight Love in 1982. Now, there's something about this album that I love so much. I have like two or three albums from um, Marvin Gaye that I love, Midnight Love and What's Going On. Marvin Gaye produced this song, uh, the genre is post-disco and funk, so... And from that album, the last song of the album, the name of the song is My Love Is Waiting. If you guys ever get the time to just listen to wonderful music, listen to My Love Is Waiting, you understand why Marvin Gaye is one of the best of all time. And Sexual Healing was so, so good. Like I said, he won Best Male Vocal Song of the Year and Best R&B Song. Is that not weird that he's winning Best R&B Song? Well, I, I don't know so much about those songs, but I mean, sexual, mm. get up, get up, get up. Let's, yeah, let's make love yeah, tonight. That's yeah, a, that's a, typical yeah, R&B. Yeah, it's a classic song. And it was written by Marvin Gaye and Odell Brown David. Odell Brown and David Ritz. So three people wrote that song. And in fact, they were in the studio together. He recorded the song in Belgium, which is quite cool. Thinking yeah. about it, you know. Like leaving your normal zone and going somewhere else to record mm-hmm. good music. I mean, in, even nowadays, you know, music can be recorded anywhere. Speaking of recording, I was watching Alicia Keys on Drink Champs, and she said Empire State of Mind, Jay Z, Alicia Keys had to be recorded in New York. She was in Miami. She couldn't, if it was another song, mm-hmm. that was her explanation. Uh, if it was another song, she would have, oh, send, I'll, I'll record the verse here and send over. But because we're singing about New York, Empire State of Mind, I can't record in Miami. Yeah. I have to go to New York and make it happen. So, stuff like that, you don't joke with them. That's why exactly. sometimes I respect people <laughs> when they say that they have to go to a particular meeting. They can't do voice. They can't do voice call or video call. I have to go and see them. Mm. Some things are, are just not negligible. You don't play with some things. That's essentially, uh, you know, yeah. So it's important. That's why sometimes some songs, the studio where it was recorded. Has a feel to has it. Has a feel to it. That's why, you know, recently in Lagos, you're hearing about writing camps. Yeah. When you're in a room with Wiz and this person and, and Wandeko, the energy is different. It's different from, I mean, look at Damian Mali and um, and um, Whiskey Blessed. Yeah. I've, I've seen an interview where uh, they had to meet, they met in London. Yeah. And he recorded the first part in London and went back home. Yes. To Jamaica to record the other part. So there's still a connection yeah. that you can see on the song later. Of course. I mean, he said the only part of the only part of the London record that he kept was the beginning. I might be rough around the edges, baby. Yes. And yeah. trust me, 
Till date, that's the only part we look forward to. <laughs> sexual healing, great song, biggest song from Marvin Gaye in terms of commercial success. success. So yeah, that's why we put it here. Oh yeah, is that? It's a special song, 1983. Uh, but it was released. It was actually recorded in 1982, mm. released in 1983, and in 1984, it won the best R&B and the best male vocal performance. Do I have any 1984 here? Let me double check and see if I have. Do you anything. have Super Shadow? I don't have Silver Shadow. Okay, I'm sorry. trying to look for 1984. I think I may have done that. 1984. Oh, that would be Alpha View. So let me just go to Jay Z's and Mr. Hudson's Young Forever. So that song came out in 2009. One of the singles from the album Blueprint 3. And of course, Young Forever is one of Jay Z's best. We were thinking about what Jay Z's song should make it. What were the options that we thought about? Um, we thought about a song from 444. Yeah. We thought about um, ah, the list is not with me, but we. But had I think it was four, easy had, to pick. Yeah, we had four. We had Empire State of Mind. As yeah, well. Empire we had, like, State of four Mind. Songs, but 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 we 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 just knew. Young Forever uh, is Young more Forever iconic. Had that impact and it's quite a iconic song. Yeah, it so would have been have any Empire Empire State yeah, of Mind. Had, um, Hard Knock Life. Yeah, hard knock life. Like yeah, but Empire State of Mind is like the best contender, but it only represents New York. But Young Forever is so relatable across the world, right? Yeah. Uh, so 1984, the group Alpha View, uh, a German synth pop band signed to Warner Music at the time, made the song called Forever Young, and it was you know Mr. Hudson's verse on Young Forever by Jay Z, picked heavily from. Alpha View's song, which is, you know, an amazing song by all standards. It's a dark song. Not so yeah. dark. No, no, no. It's, it's hopeful. It's dark. It's hopeful people in a way. People don't actually even understand you. Like, the concept of the song is the original concept. To is, live forever. Yeah. So, so, so. It's dark. It's dark. I, I feel you. But um, let's talk about songwriters on the Jay-Z version. I'm sure some of these referred to Alpha View's band members. Uh, the Jay-Z song was produced, the Jay-Z beats, the beats that Jay-Z rapped on, was produced by Kanye West, obviously one of the greatest to do it. Uh, Sean Carter is a songwriter on that song. Miriam Gold, Bernhard Lloyd, and Frank Mertens. Those are songwriters. I believe some of those names belong to Alphaville, uh, who were the original, original writers. writers. And the original owners of the owners song. Of the song. Uh, like as we do know. While I was listening to the Alphaville version, I had to download the album that had it. Uh, it's titled Forever Young 2. I just love the fact that Somehow, a song in 1984 can inspire Jay Z in 2009. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this is the concept of sampling, and then we see what they are able to do with it now. So, there are some parts of the lyrics that got to me, and I'd, I'd like to share that. Uh, some are like water, some are like the heat, some are like a melody, and some are like the beat. Sooner or later, they all will be gone. Why don't they stay young? So that song is, if you listen to it, you know, I just read the lyric, but if you listen to the way this man performed it and you watch the video, it's kind of scary for me, but I get the concepts. Imagine if Beethoven could have been preserved. Push this idea forward now. You see what yeah. Elon Musk is trying to do with Neuralink and the whole embedding his companies. Let's see what AI can do. Open AI. AI can help us retain some people's brains so that we can recreate them. Mm. so they can live forever <laughs> so that we're approaching that and i think we're going to get that's why i said it was dark people didn't understand what i was saying it was yeah. dark. It's dark so if you watch that video by alpha view you would see how supposedly dead people were coming up while the song was being 
performed it. And by the way, that I, need to, scary. I, I need to just put this out. By the way, it's actually a very beautiful song, all yeah. in all. I love the progression of the song. I love how the song was being like approached by this um, Alpha View guys. And um, Mr. Hudson did a wonderful job um, taking the chorus for um, Jay-Z on that record. Because I remember, and you remember the video of the Jay-Z record, it was black and white. The beginning part where you see Mr. Hudson for the first time. Yeah. And it's so beautiful, well put together. And that's why I think, yeah, it should actually be that Jay-Z song on this uh, list. Now, the next song we're talking about... Before we go to that, okay. one more four-line bar on that song by Alpha View Because Jay-Z had to flip it and, you know, he was talking about... Uh, you see this life like video. I'll be alive for a million years, bye-bye. In your barber shops, my name shall survive. You yeah. talk about my name, you know... 100 years from now and, and beyond that. But it says, It's so hard to get old without a cause. I don't want to perish like a fading horse. Youths like diamonds in the sun. And diamonds are forever. Uh, I mean, goes back to Rihanna. Diamonds in the sky. <laughs> Comrades <laughs> in the sky. So that song, 2009, original song by Alpha View, 1984. What do you have? Uh, this song I want to talk about has a feel. It's such an amazing song, and I'll tell you why. We know uh, a couple of artists, especially the female artists, they're not very outspoken. And this is not uh, this is not me trying to like cause any issue or anything. This has been happening for years, and you know, since the beginning of time, from the days of Big Lady Thornton, we really have um, artists that are outspoken and come out to say what's on their mind. But we had one artist that just always went at it like head on. Her name Nina Simone, the lady mm. with the angelic angelic voice and the song that we're picking for her is feeling good now feeling good was first was first performed by cy grant now i was going to pick cinnamon the first time but i thought about it and i'm like cinnamon doesn't have what feeling good has you know when you say cinnamon there's a you, there's an ego song that has cinnamon in it i can't remember but it's funny as hell go on yeah, but like, you know, yeah. <laughs> I think I know the song they're talking about. But, like, but I, I know Cinnamon. Remember this, this part of the song? You are a Cinnamon, Cinnamon, Cinnamon. It's not, not the new way. Cinnamon all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that, bring, that brings the new waves vibes. Yeah. yeah. Waiting for the time. <laughs> Waiting for the rain. Jesus is our last Waiting for the time, man. Uh, I love that song. But yeah, yeah, new waves. We probably get. Yeah, we have new waves coming up. Yeah, somewhere. we have to do that. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Waves. One of them or all of them are still alive. Yeah, Maybe. I think all of them are still fine. Maybe we can get okay. an interview. You also like okay, what we were talking on, uh, feeling good. It was first performed by Cy Grant. Cy Grant was one of those local musicians that like went on to become very big because of his great performances of songs, and he got to you know do that. And then we have. Uh, Nina Simone redoing the song in 1965. Now, the thing about this song is the song was released again in 1994. And when it was released in 1994, it gained bigger traction than it released in, when it was released in 1965. So, it was already a big song in 1965, but in 1994, it opened up to a new audience. I'll try to explain this in a very short term. Nowadays, we get to, we get to have um, availability to older series, older mm. cartoons and older movies yeah. like in the tip of our fingers yeah, yeah. there are a couple of things that when they were actually popping people didn't see you had to wait for the next but week, now, next episode next week but now like people have seen this over and over again yeah. i'll give an example the office the office is one series that was done for nine seasons in the early 2000s yeah people didn't watch it people watched it normally mm. 
But the fans that they have now, Crazy color, of this age now, is way, way more. That's yeah. what happened with Nina Simone's Feeling Good. So, yeah, I put a spell on you. What's the name of the album? Uh, it was produced by Anthony Newley and Leslie Brookcase. Now, the of course, the genre is Showtime and Jazz. Now, Showtime being that, you know, this are, they don't really have, like, a structure, but you are following the sound of the jazz. Boom. Boom boom is the golden age of cinema. Mm. So basically you had songs like that that would be two minutes, nineteen seconds, that is just to put you in the mood. Yeah. And Nina Simone kills it. I love that woman to death. She's amazing. Speaking of that tune or that tune, you try to sneak in coins. We will we will we, rock you. <laughs> Why did you try to sneak in that song? I knew it wasn't going to make 50. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, come on, come on. We're not talking about Queen. Yeah, we're not talking about Queen. Okay. But you tried I to sneak to, it in. I, tried, I wanted to squeeze in Bohemian Rhapsody, but it didn't allow me. But in any case, are we done with that song? Yeah, we're done with Nina Simone. Uh, Nina Simone, I, I, I don't know why I don't have something to say, but M.I. did something on that song in Illegal Music 2. Oh, that's right. that's a song, Lego right? Music two. Yeah, M.I. did yeah, something on that. Illegal music. Yeah, I, I listened to the Illegal music two. Was on that. Be yes. Yeah. Is this a song? Yeah, yeah. yeah. M.I. did something on that. Uh, you know, that's still part of sampling and mixtape culture. How you pick old beats or new beats and you rap over them. Let's go to fella Nicola Kokuti. Yo, this the time for the big man, big fella. The, the greatest to do it from Africa. Yo, yo, yo. Yes or yes? <coughs> yes and yes. The greatest to do it from Africa. Yes and yes. The grandfather of everything we're doing in Basket Nigeria right now. Yo, Fela is the blueprint. If he had not taken the chance or had the guts to mix jazz with cultural Nigerian music. And what else did he mix? Yeah, he made every... He, jazz, jazz and... Um, high life. High life. And, you know, rock music. The color lobitos and, era. Yeah. Because he, I really want to sing... I really want to sing... Animal in human skin. Animal in <laughs> Yo, that's Beast of, Beast of No Nation, yes, right? Yes, one of the biggest songs of all time for Fela. Yo, there are so many songs you could run through. Um, yeah. I like um, Power Show. My uh, biggest song, I think I've I said. I like this, Authority know? Stealing. Yeah, I think I've said. VIP. This, I, love, I, I love Army Arrangement, but the song that comes to my mind whenever I think about Fela and it's because of how much I love the Do you know this song? Bonko Pangpa. Let me remember. Bonko. Now, bad, 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 old, old, old news. Be that to you. Now, old news. If I tell you, say, then see money. Now, old news. Be that old, old. You don't know this song? I should know this song. Old, old, old. Look, oh, look, look. See, oh, see, see. I know this yeah, song. Yeah, oh, yeah. I can't remember the chorus, and that's yeah, bad. Yeah, but my own biggest song from Fernando Nicola Pocuti has to be, and I know people are going to be like, where did you see this guy? But it is overtake, don't overtake. Yeah, I've said overtake. it before. 
the other one on that tape is um the uh, Orisha Femi sample. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Double Wala. And Double Wala for Daddy. I think this is the song I was trying to remember. Okay. Double Wala for Daddy Body. And the owner. Well, we still have the fella season coming, right? <laughs> fella season coming. We keep yeah, saying yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, we don't even know. Maybe it's going to be the 70s or the 80s. Yeah. Or we, we have something coming. So, uh, the song we're picking because of the impact. There's so many fella songs that could have made a top 50 list. But Sorry Tears and Blood is impactful and special because it sort of represents the like the darkest time for him when his house was attacked and burnt by the nigerian military at the time for many reasons he is always the enemy of the state uh he made music against the nigerian army against the government at the time and in 1977 he made the song and i'm sure after this there was another coffin for head of state that had to do with, you know, when his mom passed uh, from complications yeah. uh, when they attacked, attacked his house in Kalakuta. Yeah, and uh, I remember that's one of the reasons why I like Odio because he references, like, that in that song. Mm. He said something now. The thing is, um, uh, the, the idea of the song, I just feel, I don't know, I, I really want to take up the time to dissect Odio. Yeah. so I'm not going to say so much now, yeah. but I'm going to just say the first part of the song. I get my money, plan my plan, finish. Start to go for marketing, start to go for shopping before I reach marketing. Go, government don't enter. Yo. My plan don't fail. Yeah, I heard that. No, see, now, people don't understand how that makes sense in Nigerian culture. Hmm. But if you're a Nigerian and you hear that song and you're a reasonable Nigerian, you understand what he's saying yeah with that i'm not even in my 40s yet and i can tell you that song talks to me in a large way so Fela just lives forever big ups so just wrap up on sorry tears and blood the song is sad you can tell from you know, it's just about seven minutes mm. um one of the few songs are seven minutes yeah because even shakara is 13 minutes yeah, maybe seven to ten minutes so he goes Everybody run, run, run. Yeah. Everybody scatter, scatter. Yeah. Some people just some bread. Yeah. Some bonally die. Yeah. At least they come, army, they, they come. come. Yeah. Confusion everywhere. Yeah. They bring sorrow, tears, tears and blood. blood. So that's it. That's regular trade. How man. best could you have articulated the story that happened in your house? That in the, is why. Man, <laughs> The way you structure songs, that's one of the, his best compositions, if I do say so. Yeah. So, that's uh, that's real art in, no in, jokes, in, no in, jokes. in its essence. So, he was able to tell that story. Mm. That's their regular trademark. They came here, they destroyed things. But, of course, enemy of the states, if you're dealing with people like, you know, I don't know who was in government at the time, maybe Bangida, maybe Moritala, maybe whoever, uh, maybe Gowan. Uh, he faced everybody and he was, he was a thorn in the flesh of the government. God rest his soul, his legacy lives on, uh, despite what anyone thinks of him. And he is the reason why we have what we have today, technically. The sound that we have now, he built it from the first piano chords to the trumpets, to the saxophone, to the total arrangement. Now that we can talk about Afrobeat with the S and we can model any song after that structure so yeah let's pick the next song all right the next song i want to talk about right now i'm trying to you know take it off uh the african and american vibe fast fast so we're moving to the 
British part of the world. I'm talking about England. So we have an artist called Billy Ocean. Billy Ocean in 1984 released one song that was huge and became uh, the black go-to song. Even though we had people like Michael Jackson, we had people like the The Barge guys, everybody was active at that point. But this guy came from the, you know, British zone. They used to call them promotional singles. And he came and he took the U.S. by storm. I'm talking about Caribbean Queen. Now, if you have ever gotten to see, like, uh, you know, maybe a couple of old American movies, they always use this song. It's like a go-to song for them. Caribbean Queen. It talks about women. talks about how great they are. talks about how every woman, regardless of your skin color, you're a Caribbean Queen. You're a queen. So you're being treated like one. And the song was number one on the Billboard, number one on the Billboard Hot Dance, even though it didn't last till the end of the year, but it was there for a long time. And in 1984, where people were releasing music a lot, that was a big, big deal. And the fact that even till today, pop culture still references songs like that. It's like, uh, Do You Like What You Feel by um, Chaka Khan or I'm Every Woman by Whitney Houston. Still being talked about today, still popular in pop culture. And it was released by um, Jive Records. Jive Records were one of those um, big popping record labels in the 80s. And uh, the producer was Keith at Diamond and Billy Ocean. The genre, pop or, like I like to call it, post-disco. Because you mentioned Jive, I have Joe uh, on my list. I want to know what makes you take. <laughs> wow. I didn't even know we had Joe on the list. Whatever I was saying. So Joe, 2000, in the year 2000, the album was called My Name is Joe. Uh, songwriters Joe, Joylon Skinner and Michelle Williams. Uh, the song went to number four on Billboard charts. And he was signed to Jive record label at the time. Mm. So what is Joe's place in... You know, his his place in 2000s, 90s music. Joe is the guy. He's one, you know, there was Keith Sweat early No, no, Keith Sweat has started since 1987. 87. So, Keith Sweat already made the R&B vibe. I mean, to song like Twisted, Nothing, um, I Want Her. What was the the immediate R&B generation after Keith Sweat? It was the... The, the generation after them for the R&B, the Boys to Men, the Ushers, the um, Alicia Keys, Black Street, not yet. the early guys that came into the game. You know, that there was one time that in the 90s that I was really choked. I mean, we had people like Next. Ashanti. Asha- Come on, Ashanti held down. Jagged 2000, Edge. 2002, that woman held down. I'm sure if Ashanti does a... But, but that's too far. Who were the guys in 94, 96? Oh. That's what I'm saying, 94, 96. You're talking about Next. It was the group time. Oh, yeah. Um, these guys that sang um, I Swear All For Me. Is that their name? Color Me Bad. Backstreet Boys. Color Me Bad. No, Backstreet Boys Black, Sh- Black Street Boys were in the late 90s. Color Me Bad were there. All For Love. I Want To Sex You Up. You know, stuff like that. We had the co- like, And then we had people like in sync. Does we Janet, had the... Does Janet Jackson have a place in No, come on. Janet R&B. Jackson was the queen all through all those eras. But we're talking about... But Janet Jackson was... She wasn't stuck in one genre. She was pop rock. She was pop rock. You know, doing New Jack Swing. Anything that pops. And Janet Jackson And can she was touch, around before 87. And Damita Joe can touch. It's fire. Yeah. Whatever it is. We mentioned Donnell Jones one time. Where, do, where oh, yeah, does yeah, he yeah, fit? Yeah, Donnell Jones. He had a time, you know. He had his time. Tevin Campbell. Tevin Campbell was... Kevin Cameron had already started as late as the early, like the late 80s, 87, 89. Okay. So as a 90, for example, 94 now. 94, you had people like Keith Sweat. Um, I'm trying to remember one man's name, but I can't remember his name right now. Uh, but the people that I can remember very well, Babyface, 
Kid Sweat, Bobby Brown, yeah. Tevin Campbell. In fact, the Grammys of that year was ruled by black musicians. Yeah. So yeah, R&B, uh, a little bit about that. We, I still have one more R&B somewhere here. Uh, we'll talk about that. But Joe, well, Joe is the guy for me. Uh, is the li- so are we? Is it wrong to have Joe's? I want to know in on our list because no, that's that song is a staple, saying, yeah, staple it, R&B song. Yeah, because you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the biggest on loads of songs like that were released in the early 2000s, but. There are, there are not a lot of songs you, you go to and be like... Yo, I remember. This this song actually does stand out. Yeah. I mean, we had Ashanti dropping Always There When You Call With Jaro. We had um, Nelly and Kelly Roland doing Dilemma. We had, you know, um, other people dropping songs. I mean, Fat Joe was dropping his own record with Ashanti. Everybody was popping. What was Jennifer Lopez? Uh, Jennifer Lopez was at uh, that era, you know. Mm. What's that song? Baby, anything here, anything. Yeah, it was, it was, it was the thing. Come on, it was, on, the, it was the song. What do you have? Yeah, another song that I have. Mm, should I go crazy? I think because we are talking about love songs right now, I feel like I should do George Michael. Now, George Michael, Kieler Swisper, is arguably one of the biggest and best songs of all time. I'll tell you why, because there's no right way to explain this, but there's a feel to it. I don't know the song. So I can't Here, let's it. whisper. What's the, what's the easiest da, 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. I know it now. Da, come on. I know it now. That beginning of that sax, that solo in the beginning, is everything. Yeah. And the way George Michael took the song is inexplicable. You can't actually explain. Background. Why so who, who is George Michael? George Michael, an artist, one of the biggest artists from the UK. And uh, they recorded this song in Sam West uh, in London. In fact, he wasn't supposed to even record the song. He had he had gotten the idea of the song. In fact, the song is a story, and the song starts as a twelve-year-old. Okay. So he had this crush that he really wanted to be with, and he was you know falling in love head over heels with her. Then he had a girlfriend when it was a bit like it was chubby, so he knew that the girl wasn't going to mess with him. So he went on. So insecurity has been here for for the longest time. Yeah, and in fact, let me tell you how funny this is. He had a girlfriend when he met this girl. Now he was already both more skinny and mm-hmm. different. And he still saw this girl and he was still hooked. Wow. So what he did was he dated his girlfriend and the girl. So these are real stories? Yeah, true life story. That's what is that's what in Kela's Whisper. Kela's Whisper is I messed up. I never should have been with you. You know, it's a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. That's again. It's talked about I, I mean I don't want to say song because I don't want to mess up Judge Michael's Kelly's Whisper, but mm. it's such a powerful song. Yeah. It comes from a very deep place, a place of like from truth. Mm. You know, I, I messed up. I wanted more. I should have been contented. Mm. A lot of things. He opened up the song and explained to people, it's not everything that you have to jump on. Because mm. he went out with the girl and had to dump the girl for somebody else. When he discovered that, oh, okay, I was crazy about this person, but I could have stayed with my Instead, instead of you to just focus. You still yeah. say wise. He <laughs> <laughs> still wanted to get around, but you know, I really like the story. I like what I like. I, I love what it meant yeah. to George Michael, and of course, that's relatable. Yeah, the genre is pop music. Uh, the album "Make It Big" in the UK, but "Wham" in the US, 1984. Mm. It was number one in 25 countries. Mm. It was that big, and it's the number 111 song from the global charts of like from from year zero to 2021 111 that's best song of all time that's dope that's yeah. dope and of course it's also in another um another group they did Diaz it was 162 out of 200 the best songs of all time 
George Michael, careless respect. I'll let you go one more time because my list is in. Uh, yeah, all right. The next person I want to do because obviously I feel like he just follows up. Phil Collins, another day in paradise. Hmm. Now there's not so much to talk about Phil Collins. I'll tell you something episode. though. Phil Collins is an awesome person. Phil Collins, I remember the first song that I fell in love with listening to Phil Collins in the air tonight. I heard the song, I think I was seven. I think I was seven. I should be like seven. Now you know, and I know I say this a lot, because I'm a music person and that's why that's why it works with me like that. I was in my house and Something when I think they were they were showing they were showing like you know all those old songs on TV I think LTV eight or something or maybe DBN I can't remember one of those places Sha and then I heard the song I can feel it coming in the air tonight oh I've been waiting for this moment all my life oh Lord and you you, you realize how deep the song is and how meaningful it is and then you hear a song like another day in paradise and you are like oh, okay this man is really good mm. and then you know another day in paradise it's, i love controversy find, because find he, a way to my heart that's my best yeah, i know i know you told me that like a <laughs> hundred times <laughs> i knew you're going to look for a way to squeeze that in yeah that's great Boyga's best song from yeah. phil collins find a way to my heart time may come and time may go i'm not insane this man nothing so yeah, um, we did that. Like he did that, and people people went at him because they said he was rich and he was talking about homeless people. And he said hmm. he couldn't actually feel what homeless people were feeling. So it was like he was mocking them. I don't know what people would take out of that, but like I understand the people that were fighting on that, but I still also do not understand why people are so angry because yo, it's life, right? Like it's messed up. Things yo, happen. Yeah. Yes, so it doesn't mean that you just, you know, you can't eat on the brother. Like, it happened, it happened. You understand? Let it go. Let it go. So, yeah, and he did that. And it's such a beautiful song from the album, but seriously, 1989. Um, it's still used because it's very controversial. So, a lot of people don't like people playing the song. But guess what? He won the record of the year in the Grammys in 1991. Interesting. Yeah. Let me go to Sting in the UK. 1988, Englishman in New York. Oh, I'm an Englishman in New York. The no, album. I didn't like the song the first time I heard it. Okay, uh, you didn't like the song. No, I told you. I told you. Why haven't we talked about? It? We can't talk too much about the song because there's an episode about it. Yeah, yeah. And how um, there's so many remixes to to the song. We we X-rayed like four of them. One by Shirazi, another by Shinehead, another by. Uh, there's one more person, uh, Napoleon the Legend. Yeah, Napoleon the Legend. So this song went, you know, peaked at number 84 on Billboard Hot 100. And there's something about the story of the song. I, I read about the 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 essence and the reason why the man made the song. Now I can't remember. Sting. He just moved New to New York. York. Okay. He just moved to New York. He didn't know anybody. So he fell out of place for a while and people already told him there's another story no, yeah i remember but this is one of the stories that i remember off the song that he said he fell out of place for a while so somebody told him to write about his experience oh yeah in new york uh, so that's where you started the um and don't forget i think was already a big deal big deal before he moved police. to new york so because of course every step i make Fred Evans really did a very good job with our record uh, with Puff Daddy that he did as a tribute to Notorious B.I.G. after mm. he died. 
Interesting. You go next. All right. So the next one I want to talk about Salif Keita. Africa oh do do do. Africa oh do 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 do. Africa 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 oh Africa. Now um Salif Keita the big man. In fact, I was really shocked when I found out that Salif Keita from Mali. Um, first time I I come I wouldn't lie when I found out it was albino because I didn't understand what albino was like when I was younger. Yes. I didn't know, I didn't know so much. So I found it weird that he was albino because I'm like, why is this man speaking about Africa and he looks white? Hmm. But that was just a young child yeah, being stupid. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't know whatever is going on. So, um, he was actually signed to Mango Records. So I feel like I should take the next person because the other person I want to talk about was signed to Mango Records oh, as yeah, well. That's yeah, you know the person I'm talking about. Mango Records, Mango Records is, um, was owned by, um, Jimmy Ivan at some point. Okay. Island Records, they were manning it. Mango Records under Island Records, Dev Jam as a mm, whole. Okay. So, Salicator recorded with Man- Mango Records. They published the song. Was it based out there? Or no, it, was, it, was, it wasn't based out there, but they just published the song. I think they saw that, okay, this is a gold mine and we have to get something out of this, and they did. What year? 1995. Okay. 1995, the album called Forlorn. It was produced by Wally Babaru and John Philippe Reichel. Now, the music the music is known as uh, world music. Now, the reason why we picked this song is because it represents Africa as a whole. I think this is one of the best songs that embodies Africa. That, rep- that talks about Africa. Yeah, because this is, it doesn't stop. Apart from the Afcon, Afcon and World Cup theme songs, yeah. No, 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 no. I still think this song takes on the entire Africa. I think he mentioned the 54. Is this bigger than Dr. Albans? Hello, Africa. Tell me how you're doing. Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Come on, that's a new brainer. Fair the good. next person I'm going to be talking about is... Now, I just remembered, I remember what based on... Now, Jimmy Ivan wasn't with Mango. Jimmy Ivan was with Interscope. Okay. He founded Interscope with somebody else. I can't remember the second person's name. So Long, Too Long by Magic Kodumi. If I shake it... No. Now, I... Eh? Is that, if I shake you now, don't, if I don't go all the way. Why do shake But is if I shake yes, you are correct. But that's, I'm correct, right? No, <laughs> I wanted to do that for myself. Yeah, okay. Because I've always been messing up the name for a while. Magic. So magic could do. Let me help you with the shake. Don't go all the way. Fashake. <laughs> you don't want to speak a kitty, you must speak it by Fashake. Magic could do me. Fashake. Fashiki. I'm sure that wasn't the way they pronounced it, but that's the best way. It's just like you are trying to find your own way. Yeah, yeah. My own way is Fashiki. Because I know th- I'm, what I'm saying is, is like I'm pronouncing the meaning. If mm. I shake it, you know, I had, the I had a principal in school then whose name was Adelugba. And that's Sekiti. It's pronoun- His name is Ekiti by default. It's like Busui. Oh, okay. Busui is Ekiti language. The Yoruba is Busui. Bukunyi, mm. Busi, I don't know if I'm making sense, but a lot of people okay. might not be able to relate. But some names are embedded. It's like, um, what's the, you know, fear Elitze. That's German. Yeah. So, names like, I don't know, Diego Gotza, uh the footballers. Uh, so, you pronounce them in their essence, in their original yeah. language. So, so Adeluba, Fashike. Fashike. Yeah, technically. Yeah, so Magic Odumi, Fashike. Um, the song So Long, Too Long. I remember that this song uh, happens to be the first major Nigerian song that was that was done in David, David Letterman's show. 
Yeah. First major song. There might have been others, but this one was the one that took like the power, like the wave. It was that big. Um, studio, um, Interscope, Impact. Um, I don't know how to talk about the Impact because I know that, you know, one of the earliest exports for Nigeria to the world. Now yeah. they saw us and it was the Pangolo sound. But this was, was late, late 80s, right? Yeah. Early 90s. 90s. Fact, early 1990s. So that that, that no, could not have had, been the first. No, no, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. They said major exports for us in a sense. Reason because you know people like King Sonia, Juju, they yeah, had been out there. I've been out there, but David, that's why Fala had been out there in 78. Yeah. And David Letterman, let's just say first song on when you, maybe you're, you're talking about the new generation now. Yeah, yeah. So to speak. So like this, we had it. So before we skipped, we had a hiatus. There was fella. There was yeah. We had a hiatus after Ebenezer Obi and Ebenezer Obi and King Sonia. King Sonia already toured the and world. Fella. Then there was a, there was a small space. Then fella came and did it all the way to the nineties. Was from seventy eight. Then there was a short hiatus. But Kwame was out there too. Maybe yeah, not. Yeah, but like he, he didn't get recognition. Yeah, he wasn't global. Then there was a hiatus for a while because I remember the biggest, the last biggest thing Fela did was 78 or 80. Yeah. So that Berlin festival. And then he, all the way down to 90s. Magic, comes up in 91, blows everybody away. Yeah. And everybody thinks they can be Nigerian. And that doesn't happen again till whiskey. So when I tell people sometimes. Wait, wait, wait. Nobody in the early 2000s? The bunch for a while. Two five, two face went. Two face, but it wasn't as big wasn't as whiskey is now. But what I'm trying to say is, people do not know that there are people that actually set these things in motion. Mm. I don't know. I don't like to explain to people that don't really understand or really want to understand where I'm coming from. But so long, too long. A beautiful song. You listen to it, it reminds you of a lot of things. He was drawing the ears of Africa and America together. That's a big thing to do in a song, mm. Mm. and it was well put together. Uh, the genre now, Wega and I had a conversation about this genre. Now it's, re- it's registered as reggae. Yeah. In fact, no, it's, no, more it's still it's still reggae. Re- it's still reggae, but it's now is is morphed into something new. Yeah, morphed and into he called new. his music Bangalore. Listen to this song, Amala Ewedu. Yeah. I come from the ghetto. Get it again. Get it. Do you, can you see that's no more magic fashion na nu yok 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 magic is on a mission it's reggae but it's so different now mm. it's not redemption song or okay redemption song is, is still alternative but songs like you're running and you're running Reggae has this two-step waka 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 movement. Yeah, so let's just put it as Kwangulu so, and Reggae. And you know, Afrobeat is embedded too. Arise from your sleep, Africa. That's that's so jivey. And so and then the gonga will come in and then the pangolo and every other the instrumentation is different from the mm. regular reggae. Sure you get, but you know, I, I like the difference, I like the energy. Yo, the energy is always wild, especially when he's performing. Yeah. And I'm sure he he embedded some Owambe too. Because this was the same time. This was when uh, Shino Peters 2 was popping. Dayo uh, Kujore and, you know, Yoruba Owambe essence yeah, yeah. had to be embedded. So, what do you have? I got. How far can I go from Majek Fashek? Uh, I have to I have to make this make sense. Majek Fashek. I can't go to Mary J. Blige, no. Uh, what do I have? Okay. Since I don't have anything. I'm just going to go to Akon's Ghetto. Akon's Ghetto from 2004. So I think this was his first album. Um, 
talks about life in the ghetto, life in the trenches for people at the time. I'm sure it was mostly American life, you know, ghetto life. Akon had many songs, early days, including the song that talked about Lonely. Lonely is one of his biggest. Uh, after that, much later you started to see Don't Matter, Smack That, uh, Pot of Gold, and on and on. But ghetto was very impactful in in the light of, you know, what it meant for ghetto people and telling the story of, you know, people in the trenches. It was written by Akon and the man called Benny D, Benny Darius, uh, from the debut album titled Trouble, Trouble in 2004. Yeah, so many songs, but he had to take a break at some point. So, but Akon, 2004 through 2007, was the chorus guy uh, for many hip-hop acts. He became the Nate Dog and, you know, brought along T-Pain with him, Cardinal Official, for Convict Records, Convict Music. When you hear Convict Music, you knew it was going to be a hit. He, he was whining, whining, up, up on the floor. Yeah, Akon was that guy. Yeah, yeah. And he, right. he's getting a lot of bad rep lately. Come on, that happens to the best they of us. They said he's lying, that he wants to build Akon City. They said he didn't do any lights in the countries in Senegal where he said he was going to do it. You know, it just gets bad. And I kind of believe in him. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. I mean, like, like from the from from what we know, he's a cool guy. So, and I know people bad, bad PR is always going to happen to good people. But so, I think if he if he needs to fix up, he should he fix should up. fix up ASAP so that that doesn't like it doesn't stick. I mean, you don't want something to mess up your legacy. Right now, there's social media. People, you can be exposed. You don't need to lie. And he was instrumental to the Nigerian crossover too. Yeah, he was. He was. Let's go back right now. I feel like because we did ghetto, we should just do. Something from the man that is known to rep the ghetto, the thug, the number one thug. Hmm. Ain't nothing but a gangster party. We're talking about Tupac Shakur, Tupac Amoru Shakur. Now, uh, Tupac released now. This is weird because <laughs> how this is going to go, I do not know. Tupac died in 1996. In 1998, Trackmasters remixed all of the songs that he didn't finish. Hmm. And one of them is the song changes mm. now tupac had r- rapped all this he had done all the rapping he had it was already set Reverses. up in fact the name of the song was supposed to be changes mm. but it wasn't complete mm. so they got talent to sing the uh chorus and of mm. course uh they took the chorus of the way it is by bruce Hornsby mm. and the range now this um song came off the greatest hits 1998 album produced by big did impossible and then Trackmasters. Mm. and um the genre is rap and trust me if you're thinking about tupac songs there are a lot of songs you th- come that comes to mind when you talk about meaningful songs letter to my unborn child dear mama mm. do it for love come on tupac has classics yeah i don't I sure, like, if I've been legit, do you think a lot of people can go against Tupac in Versus? Yeah. Jay-Z would. Longevity, yeah, but like... But then again, it's not a fair comparison because... Yeah, because I mean, like, three, four, five years in the game compared to, like, 15, 20 years. 96 to... I mean, Jay-Z still has a song up until two years ago, so that's not a fair comparison. But even DMX is not a fair comparison because DMX lived a lot longer, did Mm -hmm. more songs... Maybe B.I.G. and Park. 
In which case, Park would win a versus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, Park is going to versus. How does it push humor? It's crazy. It's crazy. Versus but sound. But you do know it's going to. You know, we all know. Like people don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. I mean, there's no need. Why do you? Why are you doing that? That's wrong. Uh, uh Drink Charms does the questioning. Who would you pick, Big or Park? Mm. It makes people choose which is if, which is different from versus, yeah, right? Yeah, it's different from versus. You but know, yeah. we're, we're in an age where people want to monetize everything. Mm-hmm. I saw for a, court, a reason to. Yeah, they they could do a hologram performance. They did a hologram performance. Yeah, a versus hologram performance. No, no, they did a hologram performance for um Tupac. I can't remember. I think yeah, four years a hologram ago. Park and Big versus Madison Square Garden. Oh yeah, that'll be you sick. Know, we're, we're in an age where we can animate anything. Yeah, right. That'll be so, sick. Yeah, but yeah, it wouldn't be sick. It would be crazy. It would be wild. It would yeah. be cringe. Yeah. So that that's not sick. That's cringe, <laughs> and I hope they don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right I yeah. hope they don't do it as well so let me go on one more person before you come back on because right now I'm going to talk about Kool and the Gang celebration now Kool and the Gang is one of the oldest groups of all time they lost one of their members recently and it's really really bad now this um, song was done in the Light Records one thing people don't know about Kool and the Gang is Kool and the Gang have they are the, they are the second biggest group of the entire 80s who are the others? Hall and Oats. That's the only group that's better than Kula and the Gang in the entire 80s. Well, are we talking numbers? Yeah, or? numbers. Okay. Billboard representation. Okay. Kula and the Gang killed it. Funny thing, they don't even have three Grammy Awards. It's not about awards. Exactly. Sometimes. But they were there. Everybody was tuning in. Everybody was buying their sound because they had something special. In fact, the name of the album in 1986 was called Something Special. But they are known for household songs. When I mean household songs, Get Down On It, Fresh, Cherish, um Hollywood. Something Hollywood. I can't remember Hollywood, I'm not gonna say Heidi Hi Heidi Ho. They have songs that you know you listen to and you just you just want to move your body. And celebrate is the one we are picking, celebration. Heidi Heidi Ho has a Nigerian sample, a Nigerian version. They're mm. talking about Bonnie M's Hooray, Hooray, it's a Harley holiday. So what's the difference? Mm? Who sampled who? No, no, no. That's, it's, not, it's two different songs entirely. How far apart? Hi-de-yo, baby. She don't love me no more. hi hi yo Yeah, it's still, it's still the same thing. Hooray, hooray. I'm sure, it's I'm a sure holly, that, holiday. I'm sure Nigeria has done something with one of those two. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that for Kula Nigang. Celebration time. Come on. Now, the impact is that it's a party favorite for years. Even till they... How is this different from Celebrate? Is that is that a song? There's a phrase in a song, celebrate. No, you can't remember. It's not celebrate. It's holiday. What song is that? That's Madonna. Holiday. Oh wow, interesting. interesting. Holiday. Yeah, can I oh, go yeah, now? Yeah, you know that. That's good. <laughs> that song should normally make this, but no, it's not. It's so not. yeah, cool out the gang. Big shout out to James Daisy Taylor. Big shout out to Robert um, Cool Bell. Big shout out to Donald Bell. So I have an R&B legend. One of the best to ever do it. This is one of those songs I can sing along to in the shower or anywhere because it gets to me. When it gets to that part, I always sing. Be Without You, Mary J. Blige, 2005. Oh, 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 oh. Chemistry was crazy from the get-go. She has not aged. And she's amazing. She's a vampire. The song was the most successful R&B hip-hop song. 
Billboard ranked Be Without You by Mary J. Blige as the most successful R&B or hip-hop song of all time. Ooh. Most successful. It won the Grammy in 2007 for Best R&B Song and Best Female R&B Vocal Performance. Written by Jonta Hostin, Brian Michael, Cox, Jason Perry and Mary J. Blige herself. I love the song. I don't know why. Uh, no, I mean, it's obvious. It's a beautiful song. It represents love, true love, good chemistry. Call the radio if you just can't be without you, baby. It's a beautiful song. Really, all five, yeah? <laughs> That's the part that you're on. That's the only thing I know. <laughs> the album was called The Breakthrough. Yeah. Uh, and it was her number seven album. Wow. It was album number seven for her. Wow. Yeah, she's a oh, yeah, yeah, she has been around since like 1996. So, yeah, she's, she's an, an OG. OG. And she's still around. And she still looks stunning. She's yeah. beautiful. She hasn't aged. If you know what I'm talking about. She hasn't aged. I mean... Fine wine. Yeah. I mean, let's not talk too much. Yeah. <laughs> let's not rojokpa. All right, now, let's get... Because we're in the whole love zone, I think we need to do one of the biggest songs of the 2010s. I'm talking about John Legend's All of Me. Now, the first time I heard about John Legend is from the song Green Lights featuring Andre 3000. And he talked about something about Antibika and the song and I just messed with it and I really liked the fact that John Legend was, you know, such a great voice to accompany the song and then I heard All of Me. Now, I don't know whether you know this but Smokey Robinson and John Legend are like this. Yeah. They're really close and they even work together most of the time as well as Johnny Gill. I don't know whether you know Johnny Gill. Johnny Gill was from New Edition. He was on his own at some point and became a... Fan. I know the name. I don't know the name. Part of New Edition. So, uh, the producers for this song, Dave Toza and John Legend, I don't think we should go too much about the song because everybody knows all of me and all of you. Songwriters, all John. All curves and all your edges. All your perfect imperfections. Give you all... It's a, it's a ballad, right? Yeah, there, it's a ballad. There are no kicks, just the piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, and I'll it's so powerful. <laughs> My head's underwater, but I'm breathing fine. But it was dedicated. You're crazy. Everyone can relate to that. It's Giselle now. That was his wife. Dedicated to Chris Tegan. Yeah. And, you know, good music. Say Giselle. Take that back. And Columbia. Chris Tegan. Chris Tegan, uh, good music, Kanye's good music, and Columbia Records. Uh, How do you have that? I was supposed to work on that. Justin Fredericks, John Steppers, and Toby Gad worked as songwriters on that song. Of course, John Legend you know, went to number one on Billboard May 2014, and it was really, really global. Many, yeah, global. many remixes. Many different versions. Nigerians, I'm sure, had a few day with that song. Ah, come on. You know, it was big on radio, and it was such a great love song. I mean, love songs are some of the biggest songs of all time, right? Yeah, there goes. What do we have All next? right, so uh, in the spirit of all of that, I would want to do one more song that is, you know, I don't know whether it's love-related, but it kind of has the vibe to it. Adele's Hello. Now, this song was released in, uh, yeah, 2015. Adele's 25. Um, and we just, you know, we realized that Adele is just taking us on it, right? Because she's like, her age is like the album. <laughs> so, so, so cool. And then, yeah, this one was one record of the year, song of the year, best pop sort of performance of the year. In the year, that's 2016. Massive global success. I mean, the song is, hello, it's me. I mean, the song even came back, I think, five years after. 
when people started using it on like you know WhatsApp messages, it became a trend sort of, and it's still even big today because Adele is still beautiful and she's still doing great music, you know, for many many years. Produced by Greg Costin. Now Greg Costin is a name that I've seen a lot on a couple of mu- like couple of sounds. So I think he's one of the best of the best. Um, genre, so I don't think we need to talk about it so much. Just go on YouTube and look for Adele's Hello and Fall in Love. So I have Abba Chiquitita. So that song by Abba Swedish pop group is a powerful song. It's a sad song. And um, it talks about this little angel that's always sad. And they're trying to uplift the spirit of the, you know, imaginary music. They wrote an amazing song. Uh, they are a very successful group from Sweden and broke into the American market and across the world with many albums, including this one that had the song Chiquitita. While I was researching for this, I, I really took time to look at the lyrics and it's really, really touching. So the song was from the album Voulez-vous from 1979 and we felt, you know, as part of the Europe representation, a group like ABBA, A-B-B-A, would be represented here and, you know, uh, would be mentioned. Uh, I'll quickly push that forward to Angelica Kijo from the album Aie 1994. Uh, Angelica Kijo is an African legend of music, uh, popular in the 90s, uh, early 90s. Up until now, she's been doing amazing. The song Agulo was big in Nigeria. Uh, she's from Benin Republic, but Nigeria had, because Benin had the Yoruba extraction, there's a part of Benin that's mainly Yoruba. So I remember as a young boy on TV, that song was big. Uh, uh, we always, Agulo, and there's another one. Now, there's another one that by her, Babalao was also major. But Agulu, uh, um, um, I actually feel Babalao should have been in this list. Why, do you, why, why do you think Agulu deserves? Babalao, baby. That's a cover of um, um, Eddie Okonta's Alugbeni. Alugbeni. Yeah. So, but but wh- why do you think? Why haven't we done that yet? I mean, that's, I realized something too. That's, like that's, that's that's a date for another. That's that's an episode for. Yeah, another yeah, date. yeah, yeah. We have a couple of episodes that we have to actually even do with the new stuff I just discovered recently mm. in my archive. Yes, that's what I say. But yeah, I lo- I think what happened was we decided to pick the um song that we, are, that we know people love the most. Yeah. So this this kind of uh, record now is not a record we decided to pick just on our own discretion. Like yeah. this is a record that we say, okay, we know we know Babalago is claim. more solid sonically, you know, lyrically, and how the approach of the song was. But we know that people love. So I think Olajumoke had more essence. Yeah. (laughs) And then again, in retrospect or right now, Mm -hmm. I would still prefer Golo because it's more original. You know, Babalao is a cover. True, but then I really don't like to like put like, yeah. You know, when you reduce, it's like Whitney Houston's. Whitney Houston's, um, we're getting to that. uh, But it's not even, I'm not even talking about the song we're going to get to when we're talking about Whitney Houston. I'm talking about I Will Always Love You. Mm. I mean, we know Dolly Parton did a great job, but you can't take anything away from Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston killed it. I mean, like, it's like, it's just, I'm sure, that's all we know. I'm sure Dolly Parton listens to Whitney Houston and be like, yo, you did it. Maybe this is your story and not mine. (laughs) You get it. Yeah, I mean, look at that Tom, Tom's Diana song. Yeah, to uh, to DNA did a better version yeah, they, than they what Susan Vega did at first. They, but they, they made you know, it better. Yeah, Susan Vega released us in the eighties, and then they came around in ninety four. Like you know what, we can mess with this sound, and they made Susan Vega bigger than she was before. 
You know, so that's that's something that you have to appreciate. We've seen that happen a number of times, right? Yeah, we have so, seen that. I mean, we talked about Couple young, of, uh, young yeah. Forever, Alpha V. Yeah, Alpha, uh, Alpha V. Like the 40, 444. And I know you're messing now with Alpha V a lot. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're good. I, I, I love I love them. I, I mean, not really love, but I enjoy their sound. It's new. And yeah. I want there's this learn. there's this black American group from the 80s. I'm just putting it out there. If everybody anybody has the chance to just listen to them, they're called Aura A U R A. Very awesome group. Not the biggest in terms of sounds and people knowing them mm. but they are so good you understand yeah. majorly um, pushed out by a duo a male and a female but the group itself amazing group so that's yeah, done with, um, yeah Angelica Kijo 1994 yeah. alright so um, let's get back to uh, my part of the you know of the list now this song I'm about to talk to you about right now I was talking about the song a lot and I just feel like everybody knows it's special when you hear do you know that you know there's something magical about to happen and not just because of the way she sings but because of her essence you know she has this vibe i remember there was one um interview although it was like supposed to be a joke thing but we got the idea of what they were talking about the way people talk about the fact that when you're in michael jackson's presence there's this you know chill down your spine and then you know maybe when you're with Prince, you don't want to look at his face because it's too pretty mm. and stuff like that it's mystical yeah and it's mystical you know you know he said Priest is right here and then in two seconds he's not here again. Mm-hmm. You know, like this man disappearing or something. And then you talk about, you know, Shadi Adu. I remember that uh, it was a BET interview that time. The guy I was meant to, you know, interview her, a celebrity. I can't remember the celebrity's name. This celebrity is supposed to be one of the bad guys mm-hmm. in the industry. And then he sees the person he's supposed you know, to. Starstruck. You know, you get what I'm saying? It was the funniest thing. Because, oh, you know, you know when, say, oh, for. Exactly. You know when you're like, you are feeling yourself that you are one of the baddest guys in the industry. And then you see somebody. And then you see somebody and you... He literally me- like he was that's melting the, in front of her. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. He's like, um, uh, um, that's, that's the thing. And you, you, so, know, you know the way she moves. Yeah, the way she, actually, the way she, she doesn't talks. even she doesn't try. Yeah, she, she's so effortlessly. It's beautiful woman. She doesn't have to try to be a goddess. Yeah, and so I love the fact that she's Nigerian. I know and people I, are going to say this is crazy, but I love the fact that she's let Nigerian. Let me let me look for trouble. Yeah, there was that. You know, um, you YouTube comments and people were like. This this woman performs without even trying. She, exactly. She, she 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 outperforms or she. Yes, she outperforms. Not really outperforms for, but she's. Let me give me time to phrase it properly. Oh, that's fine. She she moves the crowd in a special way that yeah. a Beyonce wouldn't. It's just amazing, you know. Or maybe a Beyonce would, but with extra effort Shari and has, all Shari, the shenanigans in the background. Shadi Adu moves. Look, just look at the Sweetest Taboo song. Yeah, right? which is the song we're talking about. The when song the beat is starts, the Sweetest Taboo. Before she starts singing, she's just standing there. Yeah. And the beat is moving. There's a spirit to the song. So, it's just unexplainable. There are people like that. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think, you know, we use the word Abameda for Susan Vega. Yeah. I think she has to be in that, like, in that, you know, yeah. Sawawa as Mystic, well. Mystical Yeah, people. she's just, you know... This is the, it's like Erika Badu. You don't know what Erika Badu does to you. And then you listen to her sing and you're like, whoa. I get that from Tracy Chapman, but it's a different feeling. It's true, but you know, there are a couple of people that everybody's like, oh, yeah, is this like, for me, Erika Badu, the first time, I remember, I'm, I'm going to get to Erika Badu later, but let me just talk about Shari Adu a little bit. I feel yeah. like I should talk about these two women ASAP. Uh, Shari Adu, the uh, studio she did in Epic Records, obviously, the one in UK, that's where she recorded. And, um, the song uh, started something new because as at the 1980s, uh, we're in the post jive era, but 1985, there was a major switch and I've spoken about that a lot. People started doing songs that were slower than usual and they were making the list. We had songs like Careless Whisper, which I've talk, um, talked about already. We put on our list already. 
songs that another song I would like to talk about later from 1985 as well. And then Suitor Star, I mean, from the Promise album. This is a time where everybody wants to groove and be post disco, jiving and all that. And then Shadow Adu comes with uh, Sweetest Taboo. It's such an amazing song. And then we have people like um, Robin Miller. Robin Miller is the one that produced that song. And man, that man is a great producer because if you check uh, Promise and as well as the album that she dropped after that in 87, this guy was evident and he was all the way right there. And yeah, I just wanted to say that um, Shadi Adu is an amazing um yeah. Uh, song stress. Now I wanted to ask something about. What Erica song Badu. did we pick just for emphasis? The sweetest taboo. Obviously. So I was talking about Erika Badu. This is for like ten seconds. Give me ten seconds. Erika Badu performed with um, Kendrick Lamar in the BET Awards. She did the "B Don't Kill My Vibe." You understand? She yeah. took the chorus. Wow! And that was all she did. It was one of the most magical moments yeah, magical. of the night. Yeah. Cause I'm like, wow! It brings a different energy to the to the song. And to the environment. I'm like, wow. I, that stuff you didn't know you needed. Exactly. I'm like, well, I didn't know I had to you hear. You never know. I'm like, wow. I mean, Kendrick. She was so, she walked in so majestically Kendrick beautiful. Kendrick has this thing. He did something with George Benson. Do you know that? Every <laughs> nigga is a star. Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, George Benson was credited on that song. Yeah. I think it's going to be like the chords. The chords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit it. I, I still love you, but I just want to... No, maybe, no. maybe sample. Yeah, but, yeah. But, you know, Kendrick is awesome. And then he did something with Mary J. Blige too, Now or Never. So That song he, is he connects, a bonus track. He connects with... It's the OGs a lot. You know, I mean, maybe that's why Kendrick is one of the best of us. Snoop Dogg crowned him. Snoop yeah. Dogg and the OGs crowned him yeah. as the king. The sample axis. Administered by Boyega Nelson. Yeah, let me try that. You're listening to the Sample Axis podcast.